You have to understand, none of us are perfect. We need a savior. Say amen. amen. The sin is the problem. Yup, it's the ugly truth. We know this. Paul himself said it in Timothy. He said that he was the worst of all the sinners. And even he is now worthy. Why? Through Christ. Hallelujah. He even said he is the biggest sinner. He says here in 1 Timothy 1.15, I'm going to read it quick. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ, Jesus came to save sinners of who I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus my, might display his immense patience as an example. Remember, guys. It's all glory to God. He, he used someone like Paul because Paul obviously was one of the biggest sinners. If you don't know, before he was Paul, he was Saul. He used to kill Christians. So hallelujah. There's no measure of sin. No, it doesn't matter what you've ever done in your life. Jesus died for that sin. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter what sin you will commit in the future. There's going to be a time you will make a mistake again. But the point is, why am I bringing this up? Well, because we all have sinned and fallen short. But once you realize that you, we are sinners, then that's the first step. So then God can fix the condition of your heart. Because without recognizing that we have a mistake or that we have our flaws and our, you know, obviously we strive to continue to do better. We don't have a license to sin, guys. Everything is not you know, oh, it, Jesus, it's already finished, so we don't have to do anything. No, we pursue righteousness. We have to strive. We have to resist the devil. Come on. Crucify your flesh. There's things that we need to do. Obviously, it is finished. Amen. Jesus conquered the grave. But does that mean that everyone goes to heaven? No. He died for everyone, right? But that doesn't mean that everyone we all have free will we all get to choose we all have the ability to choose everything is done but there is an issue we have to be alert but praise the name of jesus we choose life over death amen we choose righteousness hallelujah over destruction and praise the lord the sooner we can admit that we are sinners the sooner god can begin to work in your heart condition and then I'm going to go now. And then obviously I, the main verse of last week that I spoke on was Proverbs 4, 23. And I'm going to keep reading it again. Guard your heart above all else. This is the King Solomon writing in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Let's see if it works. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're back. 
For those of you in the internet, sorry for that little glitch. Three reasons. <laughs> I love you, Lord. Why we must guard our hearts. One, your heart is extremely valuable. Very valuable. I use the example of, of things that are not of value, of taking your garbage out. When you take your garbage out, Wednesday night, you leave it outside. You, you can't be doing that. Why do you leave it outside? You don't care about that because that's something that's worthless. You're supposed to guard something of value. It is the essence of who you are. It is your authentic self. It is the core of your being. Some of you thinking physical heart, well, that's also it. If you're physical, it's, 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 it's kind of the same, but it's not the same, obviously. The day we go and we, we, we go with the Lord and we leave this earth, our bodies stay here. But it is of, of importance, your heart right now while we're on this earth, Pastor Kenneth Hagin said this is our space suit, if you would, here on earth. We need to breathe the oxygen, right? And we're here. This is our space suit. Your inner man and like and the eyes, think of your eyes are like the window of what's inside of you. Some of you are like, whoa, that's creepy. But it's not. <laughs> the real you is inside of you. And your heart is the core of it. That's why Solomon said, above all else, most importantly, guard your heart. Number two, because your heart is the source, like I said, of everything you do. It determines the course of your life. Number three, and we know this, we all understand this very well, because we have an enemy. And your heart is under constant attack. The enemy knows that if he gets inside, what happens from the inside is going to burst out. If he, if, he, if he attacks your heart, if he knows that he can, get, he, can, he can throw these bullets at you, he uses all different types of weapons. He'll use some people that, individuals that may have backstabbed you, may have hurt you, even family members. It happens. Uh, certain business ventures maybe that aren't going the way you thought or something that you're believing for. Maybe it's something with your health. And we, ugh, it's things that just happen in this life where... It's not easy, but we got to continue to trust and take heart, not lose heart. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 16, 7 said, But the Lord said unto Samuel, don't, don't judge his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see the things the way you see them. People judge, people judge outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart hallelujah proverbs 27 19 as water reflects the face so one's life reflects the heart i'm gonna read another one just want you you guys are with me say amen because today we got some more time i'm still we're still we still haven't even gotten yet to where we want to go matthew 22 37 says jesus replied love the lord with all your and with all your soul and with all your might you see, your heart, hallelujah, what you believe in your heart is what will come to pass. If you have all the faith in the world, faith and doubt come from the, from the heart. 
So now we understand this. Hallelujah. We know the importance of this. Now, I want you to understand. Okay, now, Albert, you told me all about this. My heart is the core. Uh, it is the essence of who I am. Now, what about God? You see, every single human being on this earth has a similarity to their creator. Every single one of us, you know that we all were beautifully and wonderfully made. All of us. Even people that don't believe in Jesus. The Bible said that he knew you before you were even born. Remember in Genesis it said, let us, when he created the world, then man came. Let us create man in our own image. So you have, you're, we're not, we are not God, but we have a lot of similarities to God. Every human does. And just as we have a heart, not necessarily everyone remember, we have, just like I said, Jesus died for everyone. God created all the humans in the world. We know that. He, he's perfect. And what he created us as humans, our flesh, you were created, designed by God. Now, not everyone that's designed by God goes to heaven. Can I get an amen? It's the truth, right? Every single human on this planet started from Adam and Eve. We all started from the beginning when God created them. Amen? But now not everyone goes to heaven. Now, obviously, that's not the whole teaching I'm going to talk about, but I do want you to understand. We all have similarities. And just as we have a heart... You see, our Father in heaven also has a heart. The heart of the Father. The heart refers to the central part of the person, and it's also the central part of our Father. It is the central part of our heavenly Father. The heart is the nature of a person. You see, when you get, when you, when you, um, in any relationship you're in, right, friendship, co-workers, uh, obviously if you're with your boyfriend, girlfriend, you end up becoming engaged and getting married. The more you get to know someone, the more you get to understand their heart. You get to little more and more. The inner, it's the, the heart is the innermost character, feelings, inclination of an individual. The heart. You study people. You get to know someone. You can tell by their fruits where they're at, where their heart is at. With God, it works the same thing. The heart of God is the essence of who he is, what he desires, his perfect will, his purpose. By reading the Bible, knowing Jesus, and understanding, hallelujah, the more and more you're going to understand the heart of the Father. The Word of God reveals the heart of God. When you want to get to know someone, what do you do? You read their autobiography. You go to wikipedia.com or Google them, right? How tall they are, how, you know, how, 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 what color hair they got, what color eyes they got. And if they're one of your famous, I don't know, these famous artists or celebrities or, I don't know, singers, whomever. What do you do? You, oh, you read an autobiography. 
What do historians do? Well, they read journals, right? They, they, they look at letters from people back then in history. In a more profound way, the Lord has given us his word. Hallelujah. Look what it says here in 2 Timothy 3, 16. In the NIV, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Say amen. The word of God is the essence of who he is. The heart of the Father is the word of God. I'm going to get deeper in that now in a second because you're going to get this. Hallelujah. The word of God helps you for teaching, rebuking. Hallelujah. Many of us need to understand something. Like we have power of life and death in the tongue. You have the power of life and death over the tongue. You can rebuke certain things. When the enemy comes to attack you, you rebuke it. Rebuke it. You can curse those things that are trying to come against your family. Remember what Jesus did with the fig tree? Yeah, he cursed that tree because it, got, it, it wasn't bearing fruit. Anything that comes against you and your family, rebuke it. The enemy wants to try to keep us all quiet. Dad, no, 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 no. I heard something, I heard something so powerful. I was in Rama. Um, Rama's in Oklahoma. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll get more into detail. But this pastor, it was amazing. And, and, and it was great what he said. And, and what he was talking about was so powerful. And I'm a guy that I travel a lot. Right? I travel, I travel a lot. <laughs> I'm always on a plane. Hallelujah. But amen for that. Great. Right? But why do I bring this up? There's times that I sit in an emergency exit row. Right? There you have a little more leg room. Right? I sit in the emergency exit row sometimes. And uh, when it's available, right, and I sit in there and see exit row. But before you take off, or before they even close the doors, really, the, the stewardess or flight, flight, let's say flight attendant, right, they ask you, are you willing and able to, to open up the, the, the door in, a, in an event of an emergency? I need a verbal Yes. You can't just nod. If you don't say it, even, even America, even the, even the airlines know the power of what's going on. You need to say yes out loud. Not a little nod. Speak. That's, this is, it works the same way. How is it that it works when it comes to being, a, why is it that, why do you think that? There's a reason for that. There's power when you speak. And obviously, we know the word of God, and we know that we have power over what we say. You have the authority. Because why? Well, because now you got God. You have the spirit of God living in you. You have the power to speak things. Speak things into existence. Rebuke things that don't belong in your area. Rebuke things that try to come against you. Rebuke poverty. Rebuke anything that tries to come against your health. Rebuke. Any satanic plan, rebuke depression, rebuke thoughts of suicide, rebuke, rebuke addictions, rebuke, and say it, speak to it. Satan, you have no power or authority over me, over my life, over my mind. 
You have no power or authority over my children. Hallelujah. All scripture. This is important because you see when you're doing this, this is all part of the word of God. Because you're reading the word, understanding the word, you understand the desires of his heart. You'll see the heart of the Father. You'll begin to understand more, get more in depth. And become, you'll, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be able to move places that you never thought you can ever do. But because now you have this revelation knowledge, now you got the word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, the entire Bible speaks about the heart of the Father. Now watch this. This is good. Hallelujah. If you're with me, say amen, church. Good. We're learning. I love it. Hallelujah. Reading the Bible just for the purposes of just gaining facts. Ojo, pay attention. <laughs> when you read the word of God... Are you reading it like a history book? Ah. What do you mean? I'm reading the word of God, the scripture. It's the word of God. Ah. Okay. Look what it says here. This is good. Reading. Okay, check this out. Let me, let me, let me back up. Let me see how I put this. Hallelujah. If you're a historian, like I said earlier. And you're trying to, you can read the Bible like if it was a history book. There's certain things in the Bible that you see, the life of many individuals. The Bible is the oldest history. It's really legit. It has a lot of factual uh, uh, um, um, events, things that took place in real life. The people, the disciples, the places, the cities. There's even archaeological remains. Archaeologists read the Bible to see, whoa, is this actually true? Were these scrolls actually here? Was this, were these individuals actually here? It's great when you go to Israel, by the way. You see all of this and you're like, wow, this is actually what the Bible says. And you walk where Jesus walked. You can see the, to the empty tomb of, no, no, no. That's another ball game. But anyway, let me go back. What I'm trying to get at. There's actual facts in the Bible and archaeological evidence and proof of what's in the Bible is actually true. Now, do you, when you read the Bible, are you reading it as that just to gain facts and just reading literature? Because you see, when you do that, you're not going to get any closer to the heart of God. You may find a site. You may find something that occurred. It may, it may even line up with one of the oldest historians in, in, in one, human history. His name's Josephus. A lot of things that he wrote in his books, because I studied this so I know, also align with the Word of God. You know, when you go to school, when you, when you read a, a text, it's good that you're reading it, but, but you see the Bible is not some regular text. You see, the Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is life. You see, you have two types of ways of reading the Bible. You got logos, which is scripture, which is the word of God, which is the actual text. And then you have something that's called rema. What does that mean? Look what it says in John 5:39. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. You see, reading scripture 
should cause should you should have an effect it shouldn't just be something where where you're just getting gaining knowledge or something factual thing you see it has to come alive in you you see that's the rema word the spoken word hallelujah you see i can read a verse 10 different times and i promise you there's times where god reveals it to me every single time in a completely different matter that word comes to life rema is in your spirit. When I was in Oklahoma, so yeah, by the way, why was I in Oklahoma? I got back yesterday. I went with my father and my nephew. Uh, we go every year. You see, my father's apostle, uh, is that, that's where he learned to study the Bible. And he went to Bible college there. So every year we go, this thing called camp meeting. It's like a conference they have yearly. And, um, you know, there's also, when we have free time, you know, they have a lot of really, really, really good restaurants there. Not much to do over there, not in Tulsa. So you go, read the word of God, amen, hallelujah, and then after you go eat and then, you know, work out after and then just pray and hallelujah. It's nice to go and just get away. But when it's time to eat, it's time to eat. And there's this restaurant I like to go to every single year. Um, it's called The Sputter. It's actually really good, man. They have this burger there, right? I remember the first time I tried this burger. It was like five years ago. Sorry for all you vegans out there. If maybe you like something else, you can, you know, you can have something else with soy in it, which is no big deal either, huh? I'm not trying to tell you or suggest that you should eat red meat every day. It's not the healthiest thing for you. But in this case, once in a while, there's nothing wrong with a nice, juicy burger. Hallelujah. <laughs> And us Hispanics, we don't even talk about el puerco and lechon. Anyway, other than that. <laughs> but if I remember five years ago, I was reading on this, this, on this restaurant because I, had, I hadn't gone every single, I, I hadn't gone, well, I would go when I was a kid, but I never went to this restaurant. My dad had gone many times. He's been there now, graduated now, oof, 1979, he graduated there. He used to live there, but I think this restaurant's been around for like 20 or 30 years. Anyway. So five years ago, when I first actually, I actually went, but prior to going, I was reading on this thing because I, I, like, I like food and I'm a, very, I'm a food connoisseur. I really do. I, I like food. <laughs> I'm sure we all do too, but I take it to the next level. Like I'll know if there's like a good burger spot or, or another place that makes something like some good chicken. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those that, you know, my cheat meal day or try not to cheat every day. It's hard. I know. Help me, Lord. But other than that, uh, I'll drive like 20, 30 miles to some place. I'm not the type of guy. I don't, I'll go because I, I like it. So I'll take my time. And, and so basically in this restaurant, the Sputter, I would study. I read, and they were saying, because I read different burger joints uh, that are there. And you know how one person thinks that the other one's better than the other. And they're like on competition. No, ours is the best barbecue. This guy has the best, whatever. In this case, I was studying. And it all came down to this specific place. You see, I read the articles about it. I, 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 I was thinking about it. And I was in the plane like, I can't wait to go eat like this place. Especially when I got hungry or after church or whatever. I knew everything about it. I read all the reviews. But it wasn't until I tried that burger that it, it, it just hits you. You see, the same thing works with the word of God. 
You can read all the scripture, but it's not until it becomes rhema to your spirit, becomes alive in you. Hallelujah. Then you see and understand the heart of the Father. You see, that is rhema. You see, another thing that's great. Wow, man, I learned this, and then I was like, I, it blew my mind. And this was last week. Hallelujah, I love that I'm sharing it with you guys. Faith cannot be taught. Faith can only be caught. You can talk about faith all you want. You can learn all about it, but it's not until you actually understand. This is, it's insane, but it's the truth. That's the way it is. That is the truth. You can't, you got to catch it. It has to be, it, God has to reveal it to you. That's how you need to start reading the word. You see, the more and more you get deeper and dig deeper and in prayer, hallelujah. Studying Jesus reveals the heart of God. And studying it in this way. Don't look at the Bible as a factual thing. That's great. That's common knowledge. It needs to come alive in you. And you do that when you're praying, when you're intercessing, when you're in the intimate time with your king. Anyone who has seen or experienced Jesus has seen the Father. I'm going to say that again. Anyone who has seen or experienced Jesus has seen the Father. John 14, 9. I love backing up these quotes with the word of God. Hallelujah. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone, say anyone, who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. No one can truly understand the heart of God without knowing Jesus. Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He is God. John 10.30, in the ESV, in the English Standard Version, put it up. I and the Father are one. Do you know how powerful and profound that is this is the essence of who God is hallelujah prayer reveals the heart of the, of the prayer reveals the heart of God spending time with someone is how you're going to get to know that person more reading the scripture this is the first step your communicating skills. You can't get to know anyone if you don't talk to someone. Read about them. Spend time with them. Imagine you just sit down. If some of you may be sitting next to someone, you have no idea who they are or their name is. I guarantee you if you don't talk to them, you're not going to know what their name is still. 
right? You have to get to know someone, what their likes, their dislikes, their, what they like to eat. You know, I like burgers. And you get to know me a little more, why? Because I'm talking, you're hearing. But obviously, if I want to know more about you, then I have to ask you a question. And I have to conversate. Let's go out to eat. Let's go talk. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's do life. Same thing works with God. Relationship. And how do you do that? Intercession, prayer, intimate time with your king. And obviously, reading. Look what it says in James 4, 8. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Hallelujah. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Look what it says here in Psalm 42.1 in the New Living Translation. It says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. Hallelujah. Knowing him will change a person's entire life. Now, what is the heart of the Father? Look at this. Jesus and God are one. We know that. What is the heart of God? You can know the heart of God. We already know that. Praying and reading his word. But what is the heart of God? Like, what is it? Okay, think about that. You don't have to answer it now. But I'm going to give you the answer. Because it's found Right here in John 1, 1. In the beginning. This is way before the world was created. This is way before Adam and Eve. Can I get an amen if you guys are paying attention? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. <laughs> Let's say that again. In the beginning was the word. I've heard this verse a thousand times. But yesterday I was talking to my dad on the plane. He's like, oye, tirale esto. Tell them this. And I'm like, what? Boom, and I caught it. I want you to catch it. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. God's word has always existed. The heart of God is the word of God. The heart of God is the word of God. So when you're reading the Bible, you are reading God, the heart of God. Hallelujah. He was with God in the beginning. Come on, put your hands together. The word has always existed. Because God has always existed. He is the Alpha and the Omega. If, he, if the word is God, then it's always been. It's always existed. Because it is God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to keep reading that. I'm going to read it one more time. From one through five. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. 
And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, 